Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. Hello everybody, what is going on? And welcome back to episode 40 of the Say Hey Podcast. As usual, I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show. Hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. And today, like always, we've got a good episode for you folks. Because today, just like last week, I'm going to be catching you all up on everything that's been going on during spring training over the past week since we last spoke. And then I'm going to give you five bold takes, five of my own bold takes for the 2021 season. This should be a lot of fun. All right, here we go. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the news and notes from around our team segment. First, yesterday, the Giants cut 25 players from their big league camp, which had 74 players total in it, including most of their top prospects. So some names that we're going to be seeing on this list that just got cut are Joey Bart, Hunter Bishop, Kervin Castro, Camilo Duvall, Gregory Santos, Chadwick Trump, Alexander Canario, Jalen Davis, Tristan Beck, Sean Hagelli, Patrick Bailey, Marco Luciano, Will Wilson, Logan Wyatt, and much more names. So looking at this list, you know, you look at Joey Bart, not really surprising considering the countless times Farhan Zaidi has come out and stated that Bart will actually start the season in the minors. So that wasn't really that much of a surprise there. As for Kervin Castro and Camilo Doval, these two young arms are most definitely the arms of the future uh, for the Giants' bullpen. And I had a sliver of hope that they can possibly make the big league roster just because of how well they perf- they were performing during the spring. But it seems as though the Giants are going to uh, move forward with a more veteran approach. All right. Also, Jalen Davis. You know, this... For me personally, this is tough to see. I want to see Jalen Davis succeed, and so do the Giants. But the cold hard truth is that there are just too many strikeouts going on right now. During his 14 at-bats during this spring, he struck out eight times. So I feel like he just has to figure out how to cut down those strikeouts, and then we'll see where we can assess. Uh, because the man is 26 years old. he He's running out of time a little bit here. Uh, the clock is ticking. Uh, but the Giants do love him. They're going to hold on to him, uh, which is a great sign because I want nothing but success for Jalen Davis. All right, then we have Tristan Beck, Sean Hagelli, the young arms, uh, and then Marco Luciano. Yeah, he has not had a great spring. He only had one hit and 16 at-bats and struck out 11 times. All right, good news is that he's 19 years old. All right, so what's the silver lining here? Well, clearly there's further development necessary, but, you know, is he our top prospect still? Yes, absolutely. The man has only had 16 at-bats. You know, there's nothing but time for for Marco Luciano, so I'm not worried about that either. But 
However, a player whose name is not on this list is Heliot Ramos. Last Tuesday, I mentioned Ramos as a player to keep your eyes on, and since then, his batting average has only gone up. It went from 417 to 435 after seeing a total of 23 at-bats this spring. So, now, do I think Heliot Ramos has a shot at making the opening day roster? Yes, absolutely. I think everyone has a shot at making the opening day roster. But, in reality... I don't think it's realistic because if there's anything that I've learned from observing this Giants front office, it's that they very much value minor league development, especially when the current lineup is stacked with serviceable veterans. So, however, if Ramos continues to keep up the level of performance, uh, I don't really see how they can keep him in the minors for long. So, if you're asking yourself, will Heliot Ramos make the opening day roster, uh, I'm going to go ahead and answer with a no. But... I also don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we see him at some point this year. For example, maybe if we uh, trade someone at the trade deadline this year, we as the Giants, of course, uh, and then Ramos comes up towards the second half at some point, I can definitely see that. Uh, But like I said, the Giants really do value minor league development, and they're really, really not going to bring him up until they know for sure that Ramos is ready. All right, moving on to some other news. Mike Yastrzemski hit his first homer of the spring during Sunday's game against the Diamondbacks, which now put the total home run number for the team as a whole this spring at 17. And speaking of home runs, another player who deserves a mention on this podcast is a name Giants fans should know all too well, and that's Steven Duggar. Along with collecting two home runs of his own, Duggar has also managed to produce a 1.091 OPS and has also stolen two bases during this spring. You know, me personally, if Duggar can finally start putting things together, then that becomes a huge asset for the Giants considering that he's one of the best defensive options they have in the outfield and he's extremely fast. If this level of production continues, then that becomes very valuable at the bottom of the lineup. So Duggar is somebody I'll be keeping my eye on to see if he can keep this up. All right. Now, speaking of pitchers, smooth transition, James. Some guys we need to talk about are Johnny Cueto, Logan Webb, Kevin Gosman, and Scott Casimir. Now, if you remember from last week, I talked about Johnny Cueto's impressive first start of spring training when he struck out four batters in two innings. Well, unfortunately, that was not the case for his second start. Against the Angels, Cueto pitched three innings, gave up five hits, two earned runs, including a homer from Mike Trout, which, I mean, who hasn't given up a homer to Mike Trout at this point in their career, but still managed to collect two strikeouts and no walks. This start from Cueto seemed to be a little more characteristic, in my opinion, from the 13-year veteran, but I will give him the benefit of the doubt considering that he faced one of the best offenses in baseball. However, as for Logan Webb, there's not much to say except that he's dialed in. There's no other way to describe it. During his second outing of spring training, Webb also pitched three innings, like Cueto. However, he only gave up one hit, zero earned runs, one walk, and collected six strike strikeouts, excuse me, including four strikeouts in the first inning. How does that work? Hold on, let me tell you. The third strikeout of the first inning, it was a drop third strike, and the runner managed to make it to first base safely. But that didn't matter because Webb just struck out the next batter after that. Logan Webb is now sporting an ERA of zero after pitching six innings and has recorded 10 strikeouts so far. His fastball has been reported to, you know, floating around 95, 94 mile per hour mark, but his changeup has been the most lethal pitch. There's no doubt in my mind that if Webb keeps this up, he'll most definitely be a part of the starting rotation. 
All right, moving on to Kevin Gosman. And like Webb, there's not much to say considering he's only made one start so far this spring. And during that start, he pitched two innings, only gave up one hit, zero runs, zero walks, and recorded one strikeout. Gosman was also able to hit 97 miles per hour with his fastball, which is amazing to see from a first start. So it seems as though Gosman is well on his way to picking up right where he left off during the 2020 season. It's no secret that he'll be the opening day starter, and it's definitely encouraging to see that he's been able to maintain his elite velocity. All right, the last update I will give is on the 37-year-old Scott Kazmir. Along with Gosman, Kazmir also made his first appearance during Friday's game against the Rockies. And even though the inning he pitched started off a little rocky, whoa, no pun intended there. Anyways, when he gave up two consecutive hits to the first two batters he faced, Kazmir was able to settle down and strike out the next two batters and force a ground out in order to escape the inning. Reports were saying that his fastball was living in the 92 mile per hour area with an occasional appearance of 93, but that's to be expected from a veteran who hasn't played since 2016. One thing I will say is that it seems as though Kazmir has a lot of people rooting for him to make the big league roster. And you know what? Why not? Kazmir is trying to show the world that age is just a number and that he still has more in the tank. And it's definitely turned into a great story. All right, moving on. Wait, never mind. Actually, I have one more update. Sorry, I lied. Alex Wood is seeing a spinal specialist for stiffness in his lower back. It Apparently, it's irked him enough to push his start. So now he has a start that's pushed, and now he needs to see a spinal specialist. So, you know, fingers crossed there. We don't want injuries already to the starting rotation. All right, here we go. Moving on to the main segment of the day, and that's five bold takes for the 2021 season from me. You ready? Some can be pretty bold, some maybe not so bold. All right, here we go. First bold take. Kevin Gosman will pitch 200 innings and strike out 200 batters. During the 2020 season, Gosman was on pace to make 31 starts, pitch 185 innings, and strike out 245 batters. The reason why this is a bold take, in my opinion, is because more and more now we are seeing teams only letting their starting pitcher go for six or seven innings max, and we saw that during the World Series. It seems as though, in my opinion, the days of letting your starter go deep into the eighth and ninth inning is becoming less popular. For that reason, I think it's going to be hard for Gosman to reach 200 innings, but you know, if he stays healthy, which there's no indication that he won't, and if he keeps pitching like he did in 2020... In my opinion, there's no reason not to believe he can reach those benchmarks, especially the strikeouts. Last year, Gosman was striking out almost 12 batters per nine innings, and I fully expect him to keep up that pace. The only problem will be if the team allows him to see enough innings. All right, moving on to the next bold take. Aaron Sanchez will become the second best starter in this Giants rotation. First best, obviously, being Gosman. Second best, I'm predicting that to be Aaron Sanchez. Over these next few days, we should be seeing Sanchez's first spring outing. And when we do, I encourage you to try to really look at the movement of his pitches. Sanchez is a former top prospect out of the Blue Jays organization. And in 2016, he produced a 15-2 record and a 3 ERA. However, what's really impressive is during this offseason, Sanchez hosted a showcase for teams to come and watch. And during that showcase, he was putting up 98 mile per hour on his fastball. I mentioned this before countless times on this podcast, but since the 2016 season, Sanchez has not been fully healthy, but he is now. 
and I think he has all the potential and capabilities in the world to pick up right where he left off the last time he was healthy in 2016. All right, this is my favorite bold take. Brandon Belt and Mike Yastrzemski will both hit 30 home runs this season. There's not too much to say here. If you're a consistent listener of the podcast, or if you consider yourself an avid Giants fan, or at least an above-average fan, then you know why this is possible, especially after the type of season both of these players had last year. Mike Yastrzemski deserves all the credit he received from how well he performed last season, but in my opinion, Belt also deserves the same recognition. People might have forgotten that Belt not only started the season on the DL, but when he came back, he struck out 17 times throughout his first 14 games played of the 2020 season. However, despite that rough start, somehow Belt still managed to produce a 309 batting average, a 591 slugging percentage, a 16.8 walk percentage, and was still on pace to hit 29 homers and 96 RBIs. But what's even more special about Belt's 2020 season is that he finished in the top 4% of the league in the quality of contact he made with the baseball, which is why last season was no fluke. I don't care what anyone says. Yes, even though Belt has never been quite this good throughout his career, you still cannot say last year was a fluke because of three things. How much he walked, the quality of contact he was making with the baseball, and he still somehow managed to strike out less than league average. In my opinion, the only thing standing in the way of Yaz and Belt reaching 30 home runs is health. If these two can remain relatively healthy throughout the season, then we as fans are truly going to witness something special from these two. All right, everybody, before we dive into the next two bold takes, I just want to take a moment to say thank you so much for listening to the Say Hey podcast, especially episode 40. I know there's people that have been listening since episode one, and I just want to take the time to say thank you so much for your consistent support and love of the show. Folks, if you don't know, the Say Hey podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can also leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined. Again, thank you so much for your support, because without you guys, I'm just talking to myself all day. So you guys truly mean the world. Here we go. The last two bold takes for the 2021 season. Donovan Solano will not make more than seven errors on the season. I know, crazy. This might be my boldest take so far, but the reason I believe this is achievable is because Solano now has something to prove after what happened in arbitration during this past offseason. And if you aren't aware, to basically summarize it all, I'll go ahead and say this. The Giants and Donovan Solano had to come to an agreement on how much money Solano was going to be making this year. Solano and his team offered $3.9 million. However, the Giants countered with $3.25 million. Now, a lot of fans would look at that and say how cheap the Giants are and what the heck, Donnie Salami's the best. And okay, first of all, let me just say you're justified. I'm with you. I believe Donnie Salami is the is amazing. He's the best. But people are quick to forget that Solano led the National League in errors with 11 last year. As I just said, I love Solano, but there's no DH this year, which means if he wants to stay in the lineup, he has to figure out how to play serviceable defense. Now, in terms of his offense, in my opinion, Solano has nothing left to prove, and I think a lot of you would also agree with that. But baseball is a two-way sport. You have to hit, and you have to play defense, which is why Solano will be especially determined to prove that he's worth that $3.9 million instead of the $3.25 million the Arbiters settled for. So in my opinion... 
I think we're going to be seeing smoother and a lot more crisp defense from the second baseman. All right, moving on to the last bull take. It's kind of a fun one, and it's Buster Posey's stat line. Here we go. I predict that Buster Posey will produce at least a 285 batting average, hit at least 15 home runs, and produce at least 65 RBIs. All right, at least. Let's just say Posey only gets a 285 batting average, but hits like eight home runs and, you know, 45 RBIs. Doesn't count. The whole stat line has to count in order for me to be right here. I personally think Posey is ready to play. And if this is his last season, then I think he's going to want to make this one a season fans will remember. Taking a year off from baseball activities and also being another year out from the injuries he's sustained over the course of his career, in my opinion, means he has a good shot at playing the majority of the time. You know, it's no secret that Kirk Asali will likely take the mantle from Posey depending on how much more development the front office thinks Joey Bart needs. But in the meantime, this offseason, the front office went out and signed Kirk Asali, who has experience catching Gosman, Desclafani, Alex Wood, and Matt Whistler. But with that being said, I still believe Posey is going to see plenty of playing time this year. It just makes it even more convenient that the front office went out and signed the perfect backup catcher. Another added bonus is now Posey gets to experience the hitting culture that was put on display by the Giants hitting staff last year. I mean, think of that. Historically, the Giants' best hitter over the past 11 years wasn't even part of the offense that finished 5th in batting average, 5th in hits, 4th in doubles, 2nd in triples, 6th in RBIs, 6th in slugging percentage, and 6th in OPS. And now they get to add Buster Posey to that offense. So I'm particularly excited to see how Buster Posey does during this season. All right, everybody, that is going to be all for today's show of the Say Hey Podcast, episode 40. Again, thank you so much for your support. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also leave a rating and a review there if you feel so inclined. All right, everybody, remember to keep staying safe out there. Remember to keep being smart. But most importantly, go Giants.